call is now being recorded. Okay, did you hear that okay? I heard it. I okay, heard it. good. Uh, hey, give him, give him, let's give him a minute to come get his ice. Okay, and good. Where are you located? Is he going to put it on his is he going to put it on his head or is he put it in his drink? Probably put it in his glass and then pour iced tea over it. <laughs> um, you probably don't remember me, but um, I, many, many years ago, uh, worked at the North Day Journal and then later at the Herald. Um, there was a time when I think most of that time Wally Pozetsky was the mayor in North Miami Beach. All right, and I was the mayor in North Miami. So you're talking about yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in the 70s. Yeah, a long time ago. What always struck me as funny was these two towns uh, sitting side by side were so incredibly different in their governance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I could never figure that out, um, why that was. Well, I think, you know, looking back at it, there was was a different constituency, and there was, you know, uh, different historical you know, background. North Miami Beach had at one time actually been a part of North Miami, and uh, as had Surfside, Bal Harbor, and Miami Shores. Right. I don't know right. if you're aware of that. You know, it, it, and uh, North Miami uh, they had broken off part by part. You know, the, the, the thing that got me, and you know, you go back to that time was uh, I had made an effort. When Wally was the mayor in North Miami and uh, Don McIntyre, the surveyor, was the mayor in uh, Miami Shores to try to get the three of us to come together. And we had actually, in fact, Joe had it come together. And uh, and then you might recall they started tearing up on Northeast 2nd Avenue right. and putting a sewer line down it. And at that point... Uh, you know, how can you sell to the people in North Miami? You, you, we're going to have to go put a sewer line, and you know the county's not paying for the whole thing. You know, I mean, it just got out of hand. It just got out of hand. It well, these sorts of things uh, seldom proceed based on logic and reason and things like that. There's a, a lot of emotion and turf and stuff like that involved. And uh, uh, fortunately, as a journalist, I never had to do anything but try to sort it out and uh, portray it as best we could. No, uh, well, uh, yeah. deal with it. Well, when, when you were working there, Joel, who were you working for, uh, Jim Kukar? Uh, I knew Kukar. Uh, you know, we were, we were when we were the North Day Journal, we were pretty much independent. And then right. they merged it into neighbors. Right. Right. Um, I had a, a, they brought in a new boss to do the Carl Gables neighbors and... Um, right and any others that were to follow, and so um, that was who I worked for. All right. Well, you know, Kukar was there in the early 70s. Let me put you on uh, the speakerphone. Uh, Fred has joined us. Okay. Joel, we're on. Okay, Joel is on. Mike and Fred are on. Okay, very good. Hi, Fred. Glad you're here. Hey, how are you, Joel? Okay, um, I think I uh, explained uh, basically what I'm trying to do is get the viewpoint of professional lobbyists 
with regard to the impact that grassroots constituents can have and compare what lobbyists do with what professional lobbyists do. So one of the questions I wanted to ask is, how do senators and representatives view professional lobbyists? Depends on the senator or the representative. Uh, you know, I would think many of them uh, regard uh, a lobbyist as, you know, an educational tool and asset, uh, enabling them to, uh, you know, be briefed succinctly and hopefully accurately on subjects. And I'm sure that, you know, uh, in this day and age, you know, the, the, the the connotation in the term lobbyist, the label lobbyist, turns off, uh, you know, some uh, elected representative. Just, yeah. I, I would think the, go on, Trey, I would think I, the sophisticated one. I, I would agree with that. I mean, the ones who know the process well, I think view professional lobbyists as helpful sources of information and helpful people to their campaign, sort of a link to um, the lobbyist constituency or the business community, whereas some view, just because of the connotation in the newspapers and other um, media, uh, lobbyists as people who are, you know, influence peddlers, et cetera, versus people who are just trying to really effectuate their clients' positions. Well, and it sounds like then, uh, politicians' uh, views of professional lobbyists varies from, you know, fairly negative to only so-so positive. Um, and, uh, I mean, is that what you're saying? It, exactly. Okay, very good. So then, what is it that um, uh, politicians are looking for from a constituent that is a professional lobbyist? Well, some of them are looking to stay away from them for whatever reason. Others are looking to them for information. And still others, a combination of the people that are um, staying away from them or looking to lobbyists for information, are looking for help either in the form of uh, dollars from their the lobbyist clients for re-election or from the lobbyists um, clients from a grassroots standpoint. Hmm. Okay. And so um, in terms of your own clients, and you are what I would call contract lobbyists, uh, would that be accurate? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, how important to you is it to have your clients themselves and their uh, stakeholders back in the district contacting um, senators and representatives? Again, it, it depends on, number one, the issue, number two, the constituency, and number three, the legislator in question. Uh, I don't think it's worthwhile uh, for a, uh, a, a resident of, say, Broward County to contact a legislator from Orange County, uh, although the issue may affect both Orange and Broward County, uh, the legislator is going to look for the uh, input of his local constituency. 
So is it, ah. there is, that there is value, uh, more value in having you know local uh, contact than there is just a general contact. You agree? I agree. Okay, very good. And so, if you are setting out to have some impact on a senator or representative, it sounds like then you're going to try to seek out someone in their district uh, to uh, complement what you are saying. Yeah, I mean, to the extent you have a client that's, say, a statewide client like a medical association or something like that, you might look to find a doctor within their community that they know and trust and have that person help you um, get your message across. But clearly, if you're, you know, lobbying as um, a profession, you would know the legislator, but it makes sense to have someone locally, someone who can actually vote for them, help uh, foster the position that the group that you represent is trying to get across. Okay, good. And so what is it like when you go in to talk to a senator or representative and they have not heard from anybody in their district? Well, you know, I would even sort of narrow the question and say they've not heard from anyone. I mean, oftentimes it depends who you're going to see. Some senators or representatives are fairly inquisitive and they want to discuss the subject matter. Others may have uh, a significant amount of trust and, and faith in your particular point of view and your ability to uh, represent your clients and articulate a point of view and may go along with um, your position most of the time. And so I would say regardless, uh, typically unless they've dug their heels in one way or the other in favor of your position or against it, they sort of, the representative or senator, will want to know uh, the lay of the land and um, where to go, or, or sorry, the lay of the land and, and want you to uh, help, the, help guide them uh, to the right position for their constituents. Okay, but emphasizing for their constituents part, right? Yeah, I mean, t typically, you know, it sort of would be political suicide for someone to take votes that don't make sense for their constituents. So it's really up to you as the lobbyist to make um, your points for your group resonate with that particular member's individual uh, needs and issues for their particular community. Okay, this is all very good, very helpful, and I appreciate it very much. There are lots of ways that a constituent can contact a politician and a lot of websites, for example, allow you to go in and type a message and that sort of thing. Do you see a difference in the value uh, that politicians put on communications uh, between, say, an email, uh, uh, postal mail letter, face-to-face? Uh, -face? Could you kind of evaluate those and make recommendations to a constituent who wanted to influence their uh, elected official? Face-to-face -face is clearly always best with the barrage and simplicity of sending multiple emails out nowadays. Those oftentimes uh, get lost in the shuffle and, um, you know, calls oftentimes get answered not by 
really 99.99% of the time get answered by an aide who um, the same level of interest potentially as the member, the legislator or senator. So, you know, clearly the most effective way is to make an appointment. Secondly, probably I would say a call if you can get through or an email if you can get through uh, would, or a letter uh, would be the next best way. But anything short of face-to-face, uh, -face, oftentimes you are not really getting the message across to the legislator. Okay, very good. Um, what should someone say when the legislature says, okay, look, I just can't help you. For whatever reason, I'm not going to be able to vote with you. How do you come back at that? You know, it, it depends on the issue. Um, frankly, if you need the person in the future for something else and you don't need their vote, that may be okay. In some cases, you may just want to ask them uh, to try and not hurt you in any particular deal or not be too vocal about their opposition, uh, you know, those are some of the options that you have out there. Okay, let's, uh, let's burrow into that a little bit. If um, I've got a no and I want to say, okay, look, please don't hurt me, what exact words would you say to a representative? Well, I, I think normally you would ask them if they're going to be very vocal on the issue, and if they say no, you leave it at that. If they say yes, you try to convince them why, um, you know, you are empathetic towards their situation, but you may want to um, rethink whether you're going to be vocal on a particular issue. Ah, okay. That's helpful. Um, Let's see. What about uh, trying to go back in the district and get a lot of people to make phone calls and a lot of people to send emails and letters uh, to pressure them? Is that sort of tactic likely to work? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it backfires. You have to have the right amount of pressure and the right pressure uh, put on them in order to make it work. If you, you know, shut down their phones and their spouse can't get through or others can't get through, Sometimes that's not very well received. Uh, okay. All right. One last thing then. Uh, thinking about a constituent that you're trying to recruit to speak to a senator or representative, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, you have to make sure they know the issue. Okay. And second, I would think you have to make sure, very, very sure, they have the communicative ability to uh, communicate their position succinctly, articulately, and accurately, and not get emotional. Okay, all that's very good. And so, do you sometimes coach them? What do you? How do you work them through the process of being succinct? You would uh, you would sort of give them talking points and what the object of the discussion is and try to make sure that they keep themselves and the representative or senator focused on the position. Ah, okay. That's all very good. Uh, this is, covers the stuff that I wanted to cover. Does anything else come to mind uh, that either one of you would like to offer um, kind of uh, as advice? I mean, the only thing I would say is that, you know, the role of a lobbyist really is a facilitator for information if people choose to work you know, on behalf of folks in a campaign or against folks, that's 
really sort of separate and apart, but the bottom line is lobbyists should be um, a good source of information for legislators, and they fulfill a role that constituents can't and, and interests can't always fulfill, and that that's their, you know, seemingly sole job to help work through the legislative process and get clients' messages across. Okay, um, I think that was Fred. Uh, Mike, you got anything? No, I, I, I concur with that. I think, you know, the, the position of lobbyists, you know, and, and you centered in on uh, legislators, you know, senators and representatives. And, you know, the professional lobbyists and the lobbyists deal with other levels of decision-making. Right. Know, civil government, county government. And I think one of the things that is very, very significant is the further that you have government away from its elected base, as an example, in Tallahassee, you're 350-some miles away from uh, South Florida, uh, you have a, a, a more pressing need and position for lobbyists to deal with the decision-making uh, aspects of government. Uh, you know, your community involvement, your grassroots involvement, your ability to go see your uh, city commissioner or county commissioner is a lot easier than to go see your representative. Hmm. And that's okay. Geography. All right. Uh, anything else? That's it. That's it. Joe, All right. Well, I really appreciate. Uh, really appreciate this. Where are you um, uh, right now, I'm sitting in downtown San Francisco. Oh, okay. <laughs> I work all over, so I have to get on an airplane to go to work. It doesn't much matter, and since I like it out here, I spend most of my time out here. But I actually own I own a house in Tallahassee. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Over by Leon High School. Right off of uh, what's it, what's the uh, Pennsylvania or Pensacola? Well, the session's over. It's safe to go back to Tallahassee. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I'm going to send you uh, this recording, and I will also, when I write it up, send you a copy of what I propose uh, to use, and uh, then we'll work out what we want to do. Very good. Okay, All right, Joe. thank you very much. Our pleasure. Bye -bye. All right, goodbye.